0: Have better sleep and feel more calm? Grab the link in the show notes and get 25% off of your first order.
1: Curiously enough, acupuncture is not just sticking needles into people. It's part of a coherent and observation-based medicine that experienced practitioners of the art have handed down over the centuries. I'm Michael Max, your host and guide of Everyday Acupuncture. Listen in as we explore how you can apply the principles of this ancient medicine in your everyday life. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm really psyched to have Tom Bizio with me. Tom is a long-time practitioner of Well, actually, Tom, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Okay, well, it's great to be here, Michael. I'm I'm so glad you asked me on the show. I've been doing martial arts for over 40 years, and that's pretty much how I came to Chinese medicine, was I started learning it as part of the martial arts. Mm-hmm. And that. So basically, you people. guys like learn to take each
1: other apart and then put each other back together.
2: Yeah, like that was part of the. Once I got to the Chinese arts and the arts I did before that, there wasn't any of that. It was just taking apart, and hopefully, you didn't get too taken apart. Mm. But in the Chinese arts, the idea was that if you understood the medicine, you could train hard. And use these things to deal with the little dings and injuries that you get in the training so that you didn't have to take these long hiatuses because you got injured. And that also a teacher should be able to like know how to set a dislocated elbow or how to treat a swollen ankle, how to stop bleeding efficiently, things like that. So I started learning that kind of thing, how to revive people that get knocked out. And of course, once you learn a little of that, you realize you're going to go farther I learned a little bit of acupuncture, basic state acupuncture. And then I wanted to learn more, so I went to acupuncture school. And that of course, then you want to know about herbs more, so then I apprenticed with an herbalist and right. one took thing herb leads classes. to another. And one thing leads to another and then one day you come out the other side and you have a clinic and you're treating people with sports <laughs> injuries. <laughs> how did I I'm get like, here? how did I get here? <laughs> um so I just am on a sabbatical from my clinic now after 25 years of doing Chinese medicine.
1: Oh, I didn't realize and you were on my, sabbatical.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We closed our clinic in January, and I'm trying to figure out the next, whether to open another clinic or do something different. Ah, and feeling. I had a lot of writing projects I'm working on involving medicine and martial arts, so it gives me a little time to catch up. Good. Well, you
1: know, we're going to have a bunch of uh, notes and links on the show notes page. So, you know, in the books that you have, writing that you got, projects you're doing, we'll, we'll have that all there so uh, okay. folks listening to the show can go and, and see what you're doing and get access to that information.
2: Okay. And yeah. Yeah, one of my areas of interest has always been teaching people who aren't Chinese medicine practitioners like martial arts students or sports, you know, uh, coaches from a team how uh, to treat injuries the Chinese way. Cool. It's, it's so efficient. I mean, barring bones are all broken and they need to be wired back, where you probably want surgery, it's so efficient and people heal so much quicker with the Chinese approach that it's one of the things that I still do. And even while I'm on sabbatical, we have a bunch of those classes coming up in Europe for lay people.
1: Well, let's just jump into it then because, you know, we want our listeners to, uh, you know, kind of get to the meat of it, so to speak. I remember taking a class with, uh, it was you and Frank Butler years ago when I first got back from Asia. And one of the things that really stuck with me, and it's just, to me, it's kind of hilarious, but it's also true. You had this phrase, ice is for dead things.
2: Yeah, I think I actually said "ice is for dead people" (laughs) because (laughs) I,
1: but dead things, same thing. So you know, talk to us about that because the usual quote common wisdom that you'll hear here on the West is you twist your ankle, go throw some ice on it.
2: It's a funny thing. I I got the phrase from a teacher in Taiwan, a martial arts teacher, who obviously used it with Westerners to get an effect. Mm -hmm. And of course, I adopted it for the same reason. It gets people's attention. Sure does. It kind of stops them in their tracks and goes, why are you saying that? And basically, it's always puzzled me, the whole ice thing, because aside from the fact that it kind of defies common sense, Mm -hmm. that you would put this really cold stuff on something swollen. Well, people say it's
1: because it takes down swelling and inflammation.
2: That's the common story. Over the years, um, I've gathered a bunch of stuff off the internet and books, and there's actually almost no evidence that that works. Ice is better than doing nothing, except, I think, in a couple of very extreme situations. So, And more recently, there was a big article by Merkin who claims that he coined the term rice, rest, ice, compression, and elevation. Mm -hmm. And he wrote an article recently saying that he was wrong. Uh, Oh. (laughs) So that, in fact, ice and too much rest is not very good. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would add compression is not very good. So that leaves us with E, elevation. <laughs> but that doesn't sound very interesting. I think it's simply from a Chinese standpoint, right, the pain is a function and swelling are a function of a blockage.
1: Right, stagnation.
2: Um, so from our perspective, ice just causes a different kind of stagnation. It may temporarily make the swelling go down, but you're kind of freezing the local tissues. And as we know, like cold stops movement. Right, the flow of fluids, so you're slowing down the flow of fluids. Right, So um, so you that,
1: actually need fluids going through there to clear out the damage. In the
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and we know that, that when you, let's say, sprain your ankle and you tear structures, the body kind yeah. of dumps all these building blocks of cells in there and things that try and reduce local inflammation, they kind of get stuck in the cells if mm-hmm. you ice it. And so we've routinely seen people who sprain an ankle 15 years ago iced it they come in and you and and maybe they're not even coming for their ankle but they mention it you notice that that ankle is almost always still swollen yep Minutely more than the quote-unquote you know normal or unsprained ankle and they usually will also say that that ankle still bothers them a little bit Mm -hmm. even if it supposedly healed and I think this is exactly that's the ally of the space where there's still not a free flow of fluid and blood through there. There's still stuff that got trapped there from that injury that's lingering there. And we know that if things get trapped and kind of congeal in a local area, then the sliding surfaces of the muscles and they are going to rub against each other. They're not going to move smoothly. And you're always going to have this, oh, this is my bad ankle. It bothers me periodically kind of situation, mm-hmm. which means it's also prone to re-injury. Right. That if you kind of roll and you want your foot on a stone, that's the ankle you're going to sprain again. Yep. Probably not the weak? other one. The CrossFit people actually posted some videos where they've been meeting this professional trainer, Gary Rennie, and he actually feels that it causes the lymphatic fluid to not return to the center of the body and Mm. to the lymph. And that that, so that it creates more congestion, not less. So that's kind of like a Chinese way of looking at it.
1: Absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense to me because if you're closing down the microcirculation or even more than the microcirculation, then stuff just kind of stays there, coagulates.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and in, in medicine, we have this notion that you can have not only stuff that's stuck, but what we call dead blood. And in the sports medicine arena, we make the distinction that dead blood is actually like blood that's dried. Mm-hmm. And that means it doesn't just go back into circulation. It sits in those tissues. Because mm-hmm. when we when we sprain something, we obviously tear the micro vessels and the blood goes out and gets stuck in the cells. Well, if it congeals there, it doesn't go back, and that constantly causes an ongoing irritation.
1: Sure. And if and, it's in uh, that interstitial space, it's not like you've got stuff pumping it through. It's not like you, no. you know. It's not like when it's in the vessels, and, and the heart's pumping it.
2: No, and and now it's actually three months out from the injury. If it's like it's quite difficult to get it out of there. Especially Mm -hmm. if it's a small, discrete space like a finger joint or an ankle joint, where the circulation isn't as strongly pumping through as, let's say, your hip joint. (laughs) Right. And when I did Filipino martial arts, we would see these finger injuries from people getting hit in the hand with a stick that would linger for years on people. Mm -hmm. And just constantly get re-irritated by the slight, you know, if you wrap your ankle on a table lightly, the whole thing would swell up again. And I think this is exactly this kind of situation where you have stuck blood in there. And if you ice it, it just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So the question would be, what do you do about it, I guess? Yeah, you you twist your Uh,
1: ankle. You know, your wife says, hang on, honey, I'll bring you some ice. What do you do?
2: Right, so there are a few things, and these are all things, I'm going to stick with things that are easy to do at home. Some of them do require that you think ahead and purchase a couple things before you injure yourself.
1: <laughs> well, you know, so, I mean, I think everyone has stuff in their medicine cabinet.
2: Right. You know, for four situations. So, so awesome.
1: yeah, if you have recommendations on what to keep in a Chinese medicine cabinet.
2: Okay, Well, yeah, so we'll get to we can that do too. It. But the primary thing we use for those... The initial trauma where it's still swollen, the time you'd put ice, is something that I kind of coined the term herbal ice. It's three yellow yellow powder, San In fact, we use a formulation of six herbs, but can use the original three. And you have it, you have a pharmacy grind it to a fine powder, or you can actually grind it yourself in a coffee grinder, although you wreck the blades on it. Yeah. And then it's going to taste like herbs.
1: So get a special grinder just for that. Yeah. Get a
2: second coffee grinder. And we basically mix that with, I mean, you can mix it with water or even like a green tea. You can pre-make it by mixing it with beeswax and sesame oil so that it's a hardened soft substance like an ointment. Mm-hmm. The Chinese typically in modern times mix it with vaseline, which I'm not recommending, but it does work. How about easy. axle grease? I never tried axle <laughs> grease, but <laughs> but you know even with water let's keep it you mix we'll keep it, in it simple. water you make mud, you make mud out of it uh-huh. basically thick mud and you put it over the sprained and. Pretty much within twenty-four hours the swelling's down by sixty to eighty percent. So that's one simple thing you can do that's just an herbal remedy that you pack on. You wrap it with gauze, you leave it overnight. And we often would do this in our clinic if someone came in with a big sprain, we do that and send them home and say, come back tomorrow. When the swelling's down, then we'll do a more full on treatment. Mm-hmm. And ice in my experience does not do that. It might bring the swelling down quickly, but as soon as you take the ice off It swells up again and people have to ice for several days. Yeah. The second thing people can do is this guy, Gary Rennie, who talks about the lymph flow. He actually, I guess because he works with football players, he has a machine that squeezes the muscles above the injury to push the lymph flow back, right? Now, Ah. could just do massage. Right. I probably, if you're working with, 360-pound football players, having a machine is a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if it's your ankle, you can do a lot of it yourself. You can get somebody else to do it. And it doesn't take a lot of skill. It's simply pushing the fluids in the leg from above the site of the sprain towards the center of the body. Mm -hmm. And from a Chinese standpoint, we also will go below the injury and push towards the extremities. And that starts to push that stuck circulation, right? If you move the fluids above and below the swollen area, then those fluids will t- start to spread out a little bit, and you'll right. start to get a free flow of normal circulation back through the area.
1: Which is going to help take away the pain, because now you don't have all this stagnant fluid pressing yeah. all those nerves there.
2: Yeah, and then the, the other thing you can do, and most people aren't willing to do it, is take a small lancet and bleed the swollen area, Yeah, Um, And let the fluid out of the superficial level of tissue, which acts like a a relieved pressure. So often it reduces the pain significantly and it lets some of that dark, thick blood out so that you get now a pressure of the normal circulation pushing on that area. Mm -hmm. and And that pressure starts to clear out the area. Kind of like taking a hose and spraying your mess off the sidewalk like people do in New York. So those are all things that are fairly easy to do. They work, the most part, better than ice, and they're quick. They get a quick result. Right. Um, and now, anybody can do. Require a lot of skill.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to say the thing about treating it this way. Not only does it quickly take the swelling down, it quickly gets the pain down. You're clearing out the damaged tissue. You're bringing in nutrient for new tissue. But more than that, what I've seen in my practice. And actually, on myself and on, on family members where I've done this, is they don't have that lingering, oh, three weeks ago I twisted my ankle and it's still not quite right.
2: Yeah. In fact, we routinely see people if they do these things. You know, I, I wrote this Petite from the Tiger's Mouth where it tells normal, regular people, not acupuncturists, how to treat their own injuries. And I routinely get emails from people who say they've gotten these kind of results where they're walking the next day after a bad sprain or Mm -hmm. the swellings. And in a few days, it's 80% normal. Right. And I really think this is Chinese medicine of this kind comes from battlefield medicine. We could liken it to sports, right? Your goal is to get the warrior back in battle for the next battle or in sports to get him back on his feet for the next game Mm -hmm. or in life to just get you doing your daily activities so because Chinese medicine work with this very extreme case of injured warriors and trying to get them on their feet as soon as possible, it works very well for sports injuries to approach treatment this way. Mm. That if we restore the natural circulation, the body will do the rest. If we interfere with that, it may have some effect on the swelling or the pain momentarily, but we're, we're actually creating potential for future problems that are inhibit your ability to do the sport or the activity you want to do right so our goal in in chinese medicine in treating these things is restore the normal circulation as quickly as possible mm-hmm. which from our perspective is what will kill the pain right. i think why people like ice is because it does kill pain temporarily well it makes uh, things about the ice is on you're numb yeah you're you numb out the nervous system you numb it out so you don't feel the pain. In the end, it causes as many problems as it solves, or maybe probably more problems than it solves. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's say somebody does have one of these ankles, or like you mentioned, they, you know, maybe their knuckle got wrapped, and now it, it and it's foreca- an old and injury. A, it's an old thing. It's been around for a few years. It'll forecast the weather for you. Is there any way to go back in and undo that deep stagnation?
2: There it gets a little harder and someone might need to make some of these liniments like the trauma liniment, which is a blend of Chinese herbs that martial artists have used for centuries. And there are are different recipes for them. They're all pretty similar in that they have herbs that break up old stasis. In the case of a knuckle or an ankle, you might want to soak gauze in that and wrap it. Often, once it's very old, we need to warm the area additionally and so herbal soaps. We have a blend of herbs that break up stasis, warm the area, and you're boiling them in, in water. And then when the water cools just enough that you can put your hand in it, your wow. foot in it, you're letting the, the heat, the liquid, that, and the herbal substances kind of bathe the area. That starts to get some of this old right. stuck stuff moving so again. So you really want to get some heat into that thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah. You know, I've noticed, this is just a little bit of a side note, but I've noticed with cupping... Which, can be which really is a helpful. folk
2: remedy in China. I mean, nor- regular people do it. Oh my you God, a it's a doctor. folk remedy all over the world. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. I, mean, if, I mean, if you've ever banged your thumb with a hammer and stuck it in your mouth and sucked on it... You're doing cupping. You're yeah. doing cupping, right? It's just vacuum decompression therapy. I've noticed with, with people with certain shoulder injuries, I'll put cups on them for a while. And sometimes when I pull the cup off, there's this like cold... It's like opening a refrigerator. There's this cold wisp of air that will come out from underneath the cup when you take it off because it's just gone in and pulled that deep cold out of the system
2: yeah and, and i think i think for for western people the idea that you can have cold in you is kind of weird it is um, weird. so but we can look at it as what is cold but just the circulation doesn't move as well in an area then it's relatively cold to the compared to the rest of it. it's kind of like a dead zone it's mm. a little frozen and so sometimes I think that cold you're feeling is that deadness being pulled out of the body or up to the surface by the suction of the cup, which again creates a sort of pressure gradient for the normal circulation to kind of fill that gap. Yep. Yeah, it's a and, great and, way to
1: infuse tissue with new blood.
2: Yeah. And it's, uh, so cupping is another thing people can do. It's why I recommend the bleeding if you can cup and bleed something immediately that's great. Sometimes with an old injury, it's useful. Of course, acupuncturists give people these moxibustion sticks where they they use the burn the herb mugwort to heat areas, which is another way to kind of force circulation through the area or draw Mm -hmm. using heat. And I found like with the finger injuries, because of the small joint space of the finger, even with acupuncture and Chinese medicine, you can get it 90% 90% but they still have this residual stiffness and often it's doing moxa and bathing the, that part of the smoke of the herb mm-hmm. which has oils in it that penetrate through the skin and draw circulation to the area, pull circulation. That sometimes is necessary to get that last 10% right. of stiffness out of the joint.
1: And then you, you're you also mentioning these liniments that you would – in soaks that you would apply hot. Do you have recipes for this in your uh... – yeah, in and the
2: butcher's both- mouth, we have recipes for soaks. We have recipes for various liniments for chronic injuries and for acute injuries. Typically, martial arts people use what they call hit fall liniment, da But mm-hmm. I just call it chop liniment to make it simple. And you rub this into areas that get bruised or swollen, and it has pain killing herbs and it. it has blood moving herbs. And we have to be clear here that Chinese medicine, as you know, when we say anything kills pain, it's because it moves the blockage.
1: Right. It's, it's, it's not, it, it's not it's, like an analgesic.
2: Yeah, it's not an analgesic in the Western sense. And these are very effective. They've been around for centuries and they can make a huge difference. Because one thing that we've seen, I've seen over 25 years, is if you treat something right away, it often never gets too bad. Right. Unless the damage is extensive, if you wait, now you've got all this blockage building up behind the injury. You, you know, oh, I hurt my elbow, and now because it hurts, I changed the way I use I use my shoulder, which has now affected my neck. Yep. Now and I so got now headaches. A, yeah. Yeah. Now we have a complex situation that's much harder to untangle. Yeah. Whereas if we just treated that elbow properly day one. Maybe we'd have thought, oh, well, I guess it wasn't really that bad, you know, because the next day I wake up and it's fine. Mm -hmm. And I find that with myself. When I do that, I always think, oh, I guess I was just being a sissy. It wasn't that bad. But when I don't do it, then three days later, I'm suddenly noticing all these other problems. So,
1: You know, it's it's kind of tough to do business as an acupuncturist because, you know, if they come in and then they leave and they wake up the next day and they say, well, that wasn't so bad. I didn't need to go they, see that they don't guy.
2: You, they don't think you're acupuncture. <laughs> <helped>. <laughs> yeah,
1: he didn't do anything. It just wasn't that bad.
2: No, it's true. <laughs> I think one of the maxims is, is the people you sweat over to get a result. They think you're God because they saw you work. And the people you actually do it with just boom, boom, it's done – They think you didn't do anything, (laughs) (laughs) even though that was actually the better treatment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the funny things about Chinese medicine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying the show. I'd love to know about what topics are of interest to you. If you have a health concern or if you want to know specifics about how acupuncture can help to promote vibrant well-being. Visit the website at www.everydayacupuncturepodcast.com and send an email. So, you know, speaking of Chinese medicine, Western medicine, that kind of thing, let me ask you this. It's really common when people have surgery – whether it's you know fixing a torn rotator cuff, or even people that just go in to have you know their eyelids redone because they're drooping, right? They want to look nice. The thing is always that you're supposed to pack, you know, pack the wound site in ice. Right. You know, it's going to be harder to go slather a bunch of San Huang San on an open wound. On
2: your eyes, yeah. So, so yeah, we don't so, recommend yeah, what that. What would you do? And you've had a, a surgical incision. While technically you could put San, Huang San on it, there is potential for infection. So. Generally, uh, what I've always recommended is before the surgery, start taking Yunnan which is a a white powder from Yunnan, right? And uh, essentially, it was used by martial artists for battlefield injuries. But you can take that internally a few days before the surgery. It actually prevents excessive bleeding during the surgery. It increases microcirculation to the small tissues. And then we recommend that people take it for a few days after the surgery for the same reason, because it will reduce swelling, but it will also improve the microcirculation so that the incision will heal better with less scarring. Right. And you can actually pack unibial on the the incision itself. I, I'll tell you, um, there's a time
1: I just about cut the tip of my finger off. Yeah. I just packed it full of unibial. It hurt like hell. Yeah. But it, it staunched the bleeding really quickly and, you know, my finger regenerated at an amazing speed.
2: I mean, there are like hundreds of stories like that. Are you in bio? It's just amazing. Yeah, it's um, incredible stuff. I know people use it with animals. The dolphin trainers use it. So it's not some wacky belief system that makes it work. But, you know, I always learned in martial arts to use your own spit to make a, a paste of it and pack it on a wound. But in fact, you can just dump the powder in an open wound. You could mix it with water as long as the water is clean, like distilled water or something mm-hmm. to put on incision. And then usually after that, a few days after the surgery and you've been taking the Unibio, then depending on what the surgery is, maybe not for the droopy eyelid example, but for like a, maybe their knee surgery, mm-hmm. where you still have that residual swelling, the cutting they've done inside, even with orsoscopic, we see that. I usually have people take resinol K, which is an over-the-counter thing you can buy from a company called Health Concerns. A lot of pharmacies sell it, actually. But resinol uh, K, I'm not familiar with this one. Oh, it's this chili song, but oh. without the toxic ingredients. <laughs> okay, it's essentially based on that formula, so it's an in, it's a hit formula right. for swelling or martial arts kind of injuries. Uh, the Resinol-K has been modified, so it's a little less strong and more suitable for wide of people, so it's safer. Mm-hmm. But basically, I have people take that. It comes in the alcohol extract. You just squirt it under the tongue and swallow it a couple times a day in the eyedropper from an eyedropper. And that continues to flush the circulation through the injured areas and through your whole body to some degree, but through the injured area. And then once that scar is becoming kind of... Um, is closed up and it's red, then you can start doing all these local things with the liniments and the plasters or other types of things. I also recommend for any serious thing like you blow your knee out, you get surgery, you also go see an acupuncturist because getting massage, getting acupuncture can immediately reduce some of that residual swelling and that's just going to make the thing feel in half the time. Right.
1: So and again, we what see we're looking to do is...
2: support acupuncturists see this all the time, where their patients go back to the doctor and the doctor's amazed that swapping could be that little in such a short amount of time. Yeah. So this, this kind well, of gets... You also, me, also had asked me about rehabbing after an injury. Right. That, that was the
1: next thing I wanted to ask about. So we've gotten past the initial healing phase. You know, a lot of times what folks will do after that is they go to endless rounds of physical therapy.
2: Yeah, well, I I think physical therapy is good. I mean, we have our own Chinese physical therapy. The trick, like anything, is finding good physical therapists who really understand what you need to get back to. If it's a sport, then you need someone who's familiar with what's involved with that and who thinks outside the box a little bit. I think there's a lot of physical therapy where they basically have you do a bicycle. They do some ultrasound and some weight training. While that can be useful for certain injuries, for certain rehabilitation, it's not a question of lack of strength so much. Or or let's say that's the easiest part. Mm. You you build up some muscle in your leg where it atrophied because you've been resting it. The hard part is actually restoring the normal movement when something's been swollen Sometimes tissues have been pushed out of their normal alignment, muscle fibers have gotten a twist in them, sort of like if you twist up your sweater, Mm. now you've got to tangle it. And you need either therapies that are going to undo that or exercises that are going to undo it. So, you know, Chinese medicine is multi-modality approach to these things. We talked about some soaks people could do to get circulation back in the area, applying herbs externally in poultice form to bring... More circulation in the area. The advantage of that is you have a tight bond between the skin and the herbal material that so mm-hmm. tends to penetrate. Doing acupuncture or massage, which is a more um, mechanical, in a sense, way of pushing things through and realigning things. Sometimes people have, you know, the kind of thing you were talking about where you can predict the weather because your knee hurts, right? And that might require actually some internal herbs and then you need to see a, an herbalist for that kind of thing
1: yeah in, in fact I would say you definitely need to see a trained herbalist and not yes, and not just like go on the internet and say what herb is good for knee pain because that's useless now I'm, I'm curious
2: you know these days right because yeah.
1: it's oh my for- god yeah you can like go and, and take a survey online and then they'll tell you what formula to take and they'll mail it to you you never talk to a person.
2: Well, the last thing I'd say is, is that physical therapy usually at some point has to involve some neuromuscular reeducation, education which means like your proprioception with that part of the body relative to the rest of the body. And traditionally, the Chinese have used these kind of qigong exercises because this idea that even if I'm just moving my neck to some degree, I'm moving all of me with the neck, or even if I'm just moving my knee I'm engaging it relative to the other parts of the body, and maybe I'm also balancing on it while I'm doing that. Uh, I think that's very necessary, particularly if you're talking about going back to a sport or uh, some kind of activity like skiing. or. Right.
1: So, I mean, you've got this long and deep background right. in martial arts, both external and internal. Do you find that, especially for some of the internal arts, you know some of the qigong, Taiji, chi, bagua. You know some of these different, yeah, I mean, really soft movements. But like you say, they engage the whole body. Would this kind of thing be helpful yeah, to people so in they, a recovery the, mode?
2: Fact, I prescribe exercises. They're derived from these martial arts exercise sets. That kind of the martial arts part is it, it, it's to facilitate understanding internal movement that you might use in a martial art, but also just great for daily life and. I think those things are extremely helpful in rehabbing injuries more than the weight standard weight training or strength building. Now, is
1: that because these kinds of things have, while they affect things locally, they're also, they're also completely working systemically? So you're not just getting your knee to move better, you're restoring the balance that came about because now you're favoring one leg over the other.
2: Yeah. And I think they also require your full attention. You can't kind of watch television and do them or, you know, run on a treadmill and watch the stock market come down on the TV set. You have to kind of go inside yourself and that going inside yourself allows you to start to feel how things interrelate to each other and how to kind of undo this maladjustments that occurred, right? Yeah. So that you don't talk about it as your bad, this is, oh, my bad knee, my bad knee, right? It just becomes reintegrated with the rest of your body. You know, I
1: had so a uh,
2: exercise that reintegrates is really the, the key. Yeah.
1: That thing that you say about taking your attention inward as opposed to yeah. being distracted and watching stuff outside. I This is years ago. I had a patient, a computer guy, who uh, came in for shoulder pain and one-sided headaches. And I treated him, and he went back to work, and the pain started to come back. And as the pain started to come back, he noticed for the first time that as he was working his mouse, he would raise his elbow up. And when he raised his elbow up, it would raise his shoulder up, and it would tighten the shoulder, tighten the neck, he gets his headache. So he noticed this himself, You know, this internal, oh, huh, he put his elbow down and the pain instantly went away.
2: So it's, that's, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. If you have that internal attention, you can solve the problem yourself. You don't have to go to the expert all the time. Exactly. And,
1: I saw him twice. and That was it. Yeah,
2: that's because great. he learned that's to keep his treat- elbow down. He's done. <laughs> Get
1: out of here. Go back to work. It's great.
2: <laughs> exactly. The other thing people can do when they hurt themselves or is, to know what not to eat, which is a big—I've had a few cases where actually it's just, you know, like in Chinese we say sour foods cause things to constrict. So if you pull a muscle or something, you shouldn't eat sour foods until it gets better, or you should minimize them, which is like fruits and vinegar and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. Of course, we always say you can't have cold drinks and iced drinks— because that cools the body down, and what we want to do is push circulation when you have an injury. Right. So, I mean, while the Chinese would say don't have cold drinks anytime, we're going to say in the West, when you have an injury, don't have ice when drinks. When you have an injury,
1: or if you have a so. digestive issue
2: or lung issue for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, okay. Um, since we're talking about injuries, I was just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just, I just yeah. had to throw that in. There's a lot of reasons not to have whole foods. But those things, can. they're simple things, but I've, I've seen them make a huge difference. I had one guy came in for knee pain, couldn't find anything structurally wrong with his knee, so did an acupuncture treatment, had no effect, which is just like... I don't expect it to have no effect. Something should happen. Mm-hmm. And then I finally asked him what he ate. And he drank an ice-cold quart of orange juice after running every day. So I said, stop that. That was the treatment. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Because I mean, he was otherwise a perfectly healthy guy. So... I mean, those things seem small, but they make a huge difference.
1: They certainly can. And
2: and likewise, we've had a number of people with like tendonitis kind of problems. Mm -hmm. And you get them to not have shellfish, and it goes away sometimes.
1: Right. So let's say someone comes in with like a tennis or golfer's elbow, that kind of thing, or carpal tunnel.
2: Yeah, so this is interesting because, again, this is often they ice it, right? And, you know, it's called itis, but yet normally like when you sprain your ankle and get it swollen it's hot to the touch so we say hey, there's some heat there but 90 percent of the tendonitis as i've ever treated it's not hot and heat doesn't actually even make it worse mm-hmm. so the fact that you put ice on it seems crazy to me well again it will temporarily
1: numb it so there's a moment of relief
2: and then they can do that after they've played tennis and it's sore and then it feels better, right? For a little. Right. So this is another case where recent studies have shown that actually you shouldn't eat it. And that part of the chronic tendon thing involves what in the West they call granulomas, which is fine particles of cellular material and stuff that's been dumped by the cells that are left in the local area and irritate the tissues. So In fact, deep massage, heat, limits that are warming have way more results with tendonitis than ice. Right.
1: So so again, we're back to uh, circulation.
2: Yeah, and we're also, I think, with tendonitis as opposed to an injury, we're into usually it happens because of some misuse, right? You play tennis, but your stroke is a little bit off, so the stress goes to the wrong part of the muscle repeatedly, and you get micro tears and... Uh, micro injuries to the tissue and so there, there does need to be some level of correcting that mm-hmm. now I don't play tennis so if, if I'm treating someone I'll give them some qigong exercises to kind of just teach them to use their arm correctly and then I advise them to really take another le- few lessons with a tennis pro to correct whatever uh, thing is wrong in their stroke yeah
1: kind of like my right. computer guy skiers, where maybe you elbow. need to go
2: back to the ski instructor because maybe there's some way that you've kind of managed to ski over the years that works for you but it's causing your knee to get aggravated your hip to get aggravated
1: mm-hmm. and do you find too that sometimes it's the very compensations that come sure. from that kind of thing that actually will exacerbate it and then have it travel to some other part of the body
2: well, are because we see people with tendonitis in the problem is in their opposite hip, right? And They've just compensated for that hip problem that's chronic by changing the way they use their left knee. Yep. And there it's the right hip that hurts, and now they've got tendonitis in their left knee. So unless you fix the right hip problem, it's going to come back again. This
1: they're, is what makes acupuncturists look like
2: magicians, right? Because, well, I've got a problem here, and you put a
1: needle over there, and, and wow, it got better.
2: Yeah, we recognize that not only is the thigh bone connected to the hip bone, but the left ankle bone is connected to the hip bone. (laughs) 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 And actually what I think is interesting about that is people know this themselves. They will say, am I crazy? Like I feel like this ankle thing that happened 20 years ago is connected to my shoulder hurting. And they've been to every doctor who says, no, it's not. And then the acupuncture says, well, yeah. Because the same meridian, you know, connects those internally. And I actually think that's as much of the healing as confirming that what someone feels is real. It's not. You're not crazy. They're not crazy. It's not on their head. They're not stupid. then you're halfway through the, I heal this thing already. People can, their story makes sense to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're also willing to do the stuff they need to do at that point. Right.
1: You know, there's a book I saw recently. I think it's called Fascia Trains. Have you seen this? I've seen Anatomy Trains. I haven't. Seen oh, you know what? I think it actually. I think it is Anatomy Trains. By the reason I said fascia is because it, it right? looks a lot at the fascia, and it's amazing uh, because or, well, the author's name is Myers. I think right? Myers. I just remember. Looking at this one anatomy train, this set of contiguous connective tissue that runs from the little toe all the way up the side of the body to the side of the head, you know, through the hips, through the shoulders, it's basically the gallbladder channel.
2: Right. So... And here it's coming from a Western perspective. It's coming from a Western
1: perspective. So it's not just this kind of weird, oh, there's this energy thing. No, there's actually, (laughs) there's actually material that is connected to itself that goes from your toe to your head and everywhere in between. So, you know, we have this very physical thing going on here that connects the toe to the head.
2: Well, and that's why, I mean, actually while I'm off this year, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time working on finding ways to do like online Qigong learning for people because that's what Qigong is all about. Ah, oh, that'd be great. We know that although we can move our arm in a hinge joint action, we know that there's actually nothing that moves in straight lines in our arm. It's all spirals and twists. And it's just that when we put all those spirals and twists together, it looks like a straight line action. and Shigong allows you to feel those connected spirals that run, kind of like what you're talking about, that run from top to bottom through the body Mm -hmm. and that wrap around the body so that we can feel how when one part of us moves, the other parts have to also move at the same time.
1: Yeah, this this whole idea that one part moves completely independent is really kind of ridiculous.
2: Well, and also if you move that way or you try and move that way, there's no safety net if something goes wrong right because you're only moving your shoulder if you do it the wrong way all the force goes in your shoulder but if i'm connecting it down to my feet then there's an absorption of some of those forces through the rest of the body it gets spread out and you're less likely to injure yourself
1: well i'm really looking forward to your online
2: uh yeah yeah, your your online classes with this it could
1: be really helpful for folks
2: Because my wife and I teach Qigong classes, you know, in six weeks, you teach people a set of exercises. But it's sometimes hard to go home and do that by yourself, you know. And so I I think one of the things we've lacked is to have those kind of learning materials that people can take home with them or watch on the Internet to follow up and make Mm -hmm. sure they're doing them correctly. So that's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. We'll see how it comes out. Yeah. Hey, you can make an app. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, I thought about that. <laughs> it's much easier if you travel a lot to have on your phone. Yeah. Well, uh, you would also say something about like first aid materials, I think. Yeah. What, you asked me on an interview.
1: What are some things that people might yeah. want to stock up and keep in their cabinet next to you know whatever think, else they keep in their cabinet?
2: I think for real first aid, I mean, beyond these, these chronic things, we need more stuff. The, it's pretty simple, it's pretty compact, and you could actually make a kit you take with you when you travel. The Union Bio is invaluable. It stops bleeding. For any kind of bleeding injury, post-surgical, we talked about. So that's a very small bottle of powder, very easy to pack. Mm-hmm. I'd never travel without it. Yeah, I always take that. San Huang San, I mean, if you're traveling or you're, uh, you might want to pre-make it so it's an ointment, and that mm-hmm. way, you don't need to do the water. And so, you cook up beeswax and sesame oil, and you mix it with that, or you mix it with Vaseline or some equivalent. We're going to be in a stable, sort of soft or hard ointment that the, the heat of your hand will melt as you put it on the skin, and it'll become like mud. Mm-hmm. Or you could just carry a small jar of the powder and then mix it with some water if you're injured. So I that's or, you, or your spit invaluable. if you're in a if you're in a bad bind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And San sun's is also great for weird skin conditions because it's these cooling herbs that move stasis. So if you get like folliculitis or um, any kind of, of minor infection, you can put it, usually put it on that and it'll draw out the toxin. What about like uh, bug bites? I haven't used it for that. I find some of those uh, like the Ui oil, which you buy over the counter in a Chinese pharmacy for a couple bucks. I don't know if it's like some weird immune response. I tend to get these big swellings when I get mosquito bites now. And if I say, put that on, uh, a drop or two of that. It goes, the bite's gone.
1: Yeah. And, and what's that. this stuff again?
2: On the bottle, it says U I oil. In fact, it's, it's that Chinese phrase, that means as you like it. I'm um, not familiar with this one. I'll have to go check uh, it out. Ru- Ru- Yi, Ru- Yi. It's actually Ruyi oil which is Mm. like that, a lot of medicines have that, the as-you-like-it oil. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess for Westerners, they just put UI. It's like a little bottle inside of a little can. And it has some Chinese herbs that move stasis and cool a little bit, and some cinnamon oil. I find you put that on bug bites, usually they go down immediately. And I have to say, I tried that pen that they sell now, where you shoot a little electric current through the bite, and it's supposed to break up the proteins or something, so that the swelling goes down. Uh-huh. Have you tried it's right? Because it's it's, your, it's just some toxic reaction to the saliva of the insect, I guess they'd be. And I, I found that didn't do much, but the, the oil worked great for that. Okay, well, uh, um, um, I'll go dig that, that up. Work. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll put it on the show notes. You can't find it, write me and I'll send you a bottle. Okay. But Chinese pharmacies usually have it. I also recommend people have either the Resinol K that I mentioned earlier, which is fairly easy to buy, or what they call Yadawan pills. There's a variety they sell in Chinese pharmacies. It's cheap. They're like a dollar a pill. And these are things you take once, one, or maybe two if you get a, some kind of injury that's a non-hemorrhaging injury, like a sprain or strain, a bad sprain, We also take them like if it's an impact injury, like to the like if you're a boxer and you get hit in the body, or if you've been Um, in a car accident. Yeah, yeah, right. And you're not hemorrhaging. And you're not hemorrhaging. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and we've we've actually had people like on their bike get hit by a car and thrown 20 feet, and they get up and they're kind of okay, and they take a hit pill, and the next day they're totally fine. Nothing sore, no whiplash, no nothing, because it basically just breaks any immediate blockage that's occurred from that injury and takes the shock of it away through moving the circulation. So I usually take at least one of those with me, or I have one at home. Mm -hmm. A small bottle of the trauma liniment, which you'd have to make yourself, but some Chinese pharmacies also sell pre-made ones Uh that you can rub into bruises or into a stubbed toe or that kind of thing. The Tsing Wanhung burn cream, okay, especially if you have small children. I've seen steam burns on the face. I I've, I've put my hand on an electric burner and burn rings into the palm. Oof. Put that on, five minutes, the pain's gone. The next day, you see pink skin coming out through the blisters. So it's, a, it's just an amazing Cream that again costs like two dollars for a tube of it. Well, you know, what I'll do is so, I'll
1: make this a list again, we'll put it on the show okay. notes so people can just click right over there and you know pull that stuff yeah, together.
2: And, and then the last one I'd say is the a sticky plaster, yeah, you know, that they sell in Chinese pharmacies called Yang pain relieving plaster, and it's got a, basically almost the same words as San Huang Song, so that's just great because if you hurt your shoulder, mud on your shoulder isn't so great because it slips, you know, if you move your shoulder around it kind of starts dripping in your arm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to wrap a shoulder or a broken rib, but these plasters since they're sticky, you just put it on over the area and then the herbal substance penetrates into the skin and goes into the local area. So for anything that's on the torso or somewhere like shoulder which is a highly mobile structure, those are more useful than the sun. And I would say that if you just have that, that's a great first aid kit that will cover that first 24 to 36 hours of the injury. Yeah,
1: and that's really the critical time for these things.
2: Yeah. You know, you get yeah, it taken care of then. To then to you yeah. that, the, half the work's done. Exactly. You just need one treatment a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And one, I found after about 15 years, once my regular patients were trained, They'd come in and they'd go, like, oh, yeah, so I in, I sprained my ankle, but I did the thing and I did the other thing you said and I did the I cupped it and and then you look at it and you go, Wow, oh, you didn't leave me much to do. And that's great. You <laughs> know, you great. just do a little acupuncture and you clear up that last bit and it's done. So, you know, because that typically acupuncturists, we don't see things when people first do them and unless not, not unless we've trained them. Yes, yes. Yeah. I in the end I had a lot of patients who would come to me first, but but in the beginning, you know, or, or maybe, you know, they're just in another country, so they're not going to get to you for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But if often we're sort of the stuff.
1: last stop on that particular yeah, bus. Nothing, you else know? nothing else works. So nothing else works. We're
2: usually seeing the chronic phase at that point. Yeah. Uh, where the so injury's gone. So a lot of this stuff is in this really
1: amazing book of yours, The Truth from the Tiger's Mouth.
2: Yeah. yeah in fact, all the recipes for the herbs and where to get them, uh, the where to get them might be a bit out of date, except for the stores in Chinatown, New York, but they ship all over the country. Yeah. It's easy to um, get them these days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's a, that book has all this. It also has like a reference in the back and look up, you know, elbow tendonitis and kind of get an overview of like the things you might try. And it also includes some of the rehab exercises. Great. So maybe that should go in the kit as well. Yeah. Or copy, copy of it, that book. Copy the book. <laughs> and then, uh, if people really want to go farther with this, uh, my, my business partner, Frank Butler, and I teach these twina classes. One of our classes is essentially a tooth from the tiger's mouth class where we teach people who, and you don't have to know any Chinese medicine to take it, how to do these techniques including how to cup and how to do some of the manual therapies. But primarily, is how to use these kind of herbs right. and when to use them.
1: And, you know, of course, um, this kind of stuff, I mean, if, if you were living in China, your uncle knows how to do this. Your grandma knows yeah, this stuff because it's yeah. just it's so embedded in the culture.
2: Yeah, I mean, and they're cooking with herbs, so people know the basics of it. Yeah, great. Well, I'm glad we you got see, the basics I mean, You know, Walking down the street, you see these guys sitting there with cup marks all over their back, right? And they didn't go to the doctor for that. They got a cold and they had their grandmother do it. That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. I've got some cup marks on my back right now because uh, <laughs> my wife knows how to take care of me.
2: And it's funny because all I still see patients from Eastern Europe come in who know about that stuff. But yes. most of the people in Western Europe and the U.S., it's just, just not part of their upbringing anymore. It's all been lost. You know, something really sort of-
1: fascinating, I was at a workshop a couple of years back, and there was this woman who was uh, a nurse. She was retired. But in the 50s, in the 1950s, she went to nursing school uh, here in St. Louis at uh, Washington University. And one of the things that they taught, especially for respiratory conditions... Cupping. It Interesting. Was, it was actually in the nurses' manual. It was in their textbook. So it oh, you know, it, so as little as you know, fifty, sixty years ago, you know, it was a, it wasn't the main thing that was used, but it was part of what was
2: used. So, yeah, like putting mustard plasters on your back and that yeah, kind of thing too. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of wisdom in some of this stuff. You no, one of my patients actually told me, older Jewish guy, he said, yeah, we used to, you know, my grandparents used to say, I don't know the Yiddish expression, but it's essentially, that's about as good as cupping a dead person, <laughs> meaning, it's, it's, meaning something's useless, right? So right. it was that much a part of the language for people who spoke Yiddish or who were primarily from Eastern Europe that, mm-hmm. you know, so you get that using cups or bankas, as they call them, was yeah. a regular thing. It wasn't odd or strange or. No, it, was, it, was it was part of folk medicine. It yeah. was part of what your grandma did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, Tom, I'm really very appreciative that you took the time today.
2: This is great stuff.
1: Have you got a website people could go look at if they wanted to know more about what you're up to these days?
2: Yeah. I mean, if, if they want to find out about the martial arts and Qigong and some medicine things, uh, internalartsinternational.com. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, if people are interested in actually taking a class on the kind of things we talked about, there's a, we call it like a sports medicine class on the Jungu Twina website, although it might be easier to go to Chinese Medical Massage.com. Okay.
1: And again, we'll have those um, links all on the uh, yeah. show notes page. So if I'll, you're I'll interested, check you go that check that it out.
2: Well, it's been a pleasure. I think this is a great idea you have for the show. And well, thank um, I'm, you. I'm happy to be on I'm happy to have had
1: you on it. This is a blast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Acupuncture. If so, please take a moment, click on the iTunes review button, and leave a review of the show. And be sure to tune in again next week.